boy 50. Them say I carry that, that automatic Yahoo boy. Why are us the bar? We go make your mama lose joy. Leave one for him leg, your future we go destroy. Police is your friend, all my other one a decoy. Sass the beat, sass the still, but Sega get your freaking back. Sega this, Sega that, but Sega know they ever slack. Sega tweet, Sega help, Sega be like light for dark. Sass the fear, sass the jail, all because of Sega fact. Sass be like devil, them they still kill and destroy. Person go watch ball, all my now they don't end the boy. Click pal, trigger happy, see the red on the soil. Vexed and enraged, on my inside they boil. Only cop I can vouch for is CP Wakili. The rest will show you pepper, they are layers of chili. You they young, you get car, you they feel yourself a bee. Them go tax you, them go rob you, them go frame you up, you see. Officer of the law, but on duty you they blow grass. Young boys know they save, now your duty to they harass. Police turning bankers, them get POS, pure trust. RIP caller, they it is time to answer. Hello, hello. We are here now to do yet another live stream coming from the Office of the Damn Lord Police Brutality Worldwide channel. But actually, we're doing it on Anchor FM because YouTube has uh, blocked me. So I can't uh, do any live streams. So I can only do like a podcast on Anchor FM. I, and I can also, you know, get it converted to an MP4. From an MP3 because Anchor FM records in MP3 and upload it on uh, YouTube. So we know that YouTube is just doing what they know how to do best to block people. And here on Anchor FM, I just have uh, 30 minutes, you know, so to do this on Anchor FM. So once again, like I said, big shout out to those that keep subscribing on YouTube. TikTok, and also those that listen to me on Anchor FM. So like it says here, it gives me heads up. You can record up to 30 minutes in your web browser. If you like to record for longer, you can use any app on your computer, then any app on your computer and then upload the file. Okay, that's cool. So I just have 30 minutes to do a record here. So once again, big shout out to those that keep subscribing. Well, first of all, if I jump into the live stream of today, which is talking about uh, a very, very nice topic. I want to say a big shout out to the INFAC, uh, No Effing Around Coalition, Grandmaster J for still doing what is right and keep doing what is right and not listening to all the haters that keep hating on him on what he's doing. Also, I want to say a big shout out uh, to all our true YouTubers that keep putting out the work. You guys are doing a very awesome job. And also, you know, I just want to say a big shout out to all my subscribers and fans. So we'll be doing this on Anchor FM. We'll be doing recordings and different kinds of stuff. And, uh, you know, till YouTube tends to settle themselves with my channel, with your channel. I think I'll be doing records on Anchor and uploading it on YouTube for now. Um, I, I will not be doing some live streams, you know, for some time. I'll just be doing recordings, recordings and uploading on YouTube till you know i don't know when youtube is going to release me because this certain band they didn't put an email so they did it sneaky sneaky 
but anyway, let's uh, see if we can jump in um, to the topic of today. So let's see here. I know I'm going nice and well on Anchor, so yeah, let's see. All right. Today we're going to be talking about a very, very important topic. Let me see if I can get where I left it on my computer. And today's topic, we're talking about a very, uh, it's about in Canada. And, it, you know, we're talking about the story of Afriville. I wish we were, you know, we were live on YouTube, but I'm going to do like a radio podcast. So you guys, we just have to listen. And I will put the link when I upload it on YouTube, when I'm done with it on YouTube. So this is very necessary. So let's see. Let's pull it out here. And let's put it there. Okay. All right. So it's here, the story of Afriville by Michael McRae. And this Afriville was a town in Nova Scotia. So we're going to jump into the commentary. And this was from the humanrights.ca story of Afriville. So it says here, if you have never heard of Afriville, you are not alone. The tragic story of this small melanated community in Nova Scotia, Nova Scotia is in Canada, is not as well known as it should be. It is part of a much larger story of the melanin settlers in Nova Scotia, which goes back hundreds of years. So you should understand that we had people of African descent, people of melanin that settled in Nova Scotia years and hundreds of years back. So it says here, the melanin settlement in Nova Scotia I had to replace the word black with melanin because melanin makes more sense. Melanin people who lived in Nova Scotia since before the founding of Halifax. Halifax is a very popular city in the province of Nova Scotia in 1749. However, it was only after the American Revolution in the late 1700s and early 1800s that large groups of melanin settlers began to arrive in the province. Many of them were former enslaved people who had been promised freedom and land in Nova Scotia, but when they arrived, they encountered, you know, cracker settlers who viewed them as inferior. So ancestors of melanated people in Nova Scotia came from enslaved people from the Americas or from the United Snakes of Americas. So, because of racism, melanin settlers were pushed to the margins of society and forced to live on the most inhospitable lands. Despite this, they persevered, developed strong and vibrant communities. Afriville was one of such places where so they faced racism, but they were able to pull back and develop Afriville. A close-knit community. Afriville was primarily melanin community located on the south shore of the Bedford Basin, 
on the outskirts of Halifax. The first record of a melanin presence in Afroview dates back to 1848, and it continued to exist for 150 years after that. Over that time, hundreds of individuals and families lived here and built a striving, close-knit community there. Community. There were stores, a school, a post office, and the CV United Baptist Church, which was Afriview Spiritual and Social Center. So there's a picture of a Matilda Newman store in Afriview, 1964. Local businesses were demolished during the relocation. Photo by the Library and Archives Canada, Ted Grant, E. 00228306. So this is one of the sayings of, or one of the quotes of a former Afriville resident known as Irene Caveri. She said, you aren't isolated at any time living in Afriville. You always felt at home. The doors were always open. This was, this is one of the most important things that I stayed with with me throughout my life. Unfortunately, discrimination and poverty presented many challenges for the community of the people in Afriville. The city of Halifax refused to provide any amenities over Haligonians. Haligonians took for granted such as sewage, access to clean water, garbage disposal. Afriville residents who paid taxes and took pride in their homes asked the city to provide this basic service on numerous occasions, but no action was taken. The city compounded the problem by building many undesirable developments in and around Afriville, including an infectious disease hospital, a prison, and a dump. So there's a picture here, you know, of the thing that was going on. This picture describes that Afriville residents did not receive water and sewage services provided to other Halifax residents for their water supply. They relied upon an assortment of wells. Okay, let's go here. Instead of providing proper municipal services to the community, the city of Halifax eventually decided to relocate the residents of Afriville. The city said it wanted to build industrial infrastructure in the area, but it also used the language of human rights, claiming that relocation would improve the standard of living for residents. In January 1964, Halifax City Council voted to authorize the relocation of Afriville residents. Before this decision was made, there was no meaningful consultation with the residents of Afriville to gather their views. In fact, it was later reported over 80% of residents have never had contact with the Halifax Human Rights Advisory Committee, which was the group charged with consulting the community. So there was a picture here of two Halifax City officials standing outside an Afriville house prior to demolition of the community. Officials and experts used the language of human rights to argue for the destruction of the community, despite the fact that many residents had stated their opposition to the plan. And that was it here. 
destruction, the destruction of Afriville. The destruction of Afriville took place several years. Residents who could prove they owned their land were offered payments equal to values of their houses. Residents without proof, some residents did not have deeds, even if their family had lived on the site for generations, were offered $500. Can imagine. Those who resisted relocation would have their lands expropriated by the city. There were also some accounts of bribery and intimidation being used against residents to force them from the neighborhood. In the end, despite res- res- resistance, all residents were relocated and the last remaining Afriville home was destroyed in January of 1970. So that whole community was wiped out by the cracker demonic race in Canada. So there's a picture here showing that Afriville resident Dorothy Calvary is moved from her home by a city of Halifax garbage truck. So it says here, I spoke to Sunday Miller, the former executive director of the Afriville Heritage and Trust, and how hard the relocation was for many residents. She told me about a city worker who had helped move an old woman out of her home in a garbage truck. The worker said, I remember this one because she was between me and the driver and she cried all the way into the city because she didn't want to leave. She didn't know why they are making her leave. What really bothered me, she didn't know what she was doing. She was go- where, where she was going. They could have taken her anywhere. To make matters worse, the city of Halifax dismantled the support structures intended to assist former residents only three years after relocation began. Many residents found it difficult to adjust to their new life. Miller explained it very well. When people Africa were here, they were self-sufficient. They might not have had a lot of money, but they went on government assistance. They were trying to create a community that the government wasn't willing to wasn't willing for them to have. When they took them off this land and forced them to be a ward of the government, which is what happened for those who went into social housing, you took their dignity from them. So Laura Howe, a former Afriville resident, said, living in Afriville, we had our own home. It might not have been a mansion, but it was a home. Former Melanie residents also faced racism in their new homes. In one case, a white neighbor is reported to have begun a petition proposing to accept a black, fa- a melanated family. In an, in an, in another, a man moving from Africville to the neighborhood of Hammond Plains received a letter threatening to burn his house down if he and his family did not leave. It was signed from the white people of Hammond Plains. So you can see how racist Canada has always been even back in the day and even till now. The legacy of Afriville. Despite these challenges, former residents did take action and seek justice. In the 1980s, the Afriville Genealogy Society was formed and it began to seek to recompense for all the suffering caused by the destruction of the community. In 2010, a settlement was reached and the mayor of Halifax made a public apology for raising Afriville. Very useless society here. Part of the settlement was used to rebuild Seaview Church, which now serves as the Afriville Museum. 
not all former residents accept the college however and some are going to seek individual compensation for what they have suffered or they have suffered so there is a picture of the replica of the Africa Seaview United Baptist Church, formerly the Seaview United African Baptist Church, was opened in 2012, and is now the home of the Africa Museum. So, one professor, Donald Claymouth, former professor of sociology of the Housing University, said, "Since the relocation, Africa has become central in the new melanated consciousness." in Nova Scotia. It has become something to appreciate and identify with. Africa has become a symbol for why melanated organizations are necessary to fight racism. Okay. So it says here, Lindell Smith is Halifax City Councilor for District 8 which includes the site for the former community of Africa. As the only second melanated city council ever elected in Halifax, he's happy the city has apologized and feels that this is very important that Haligonians and all Canadians know what happened in Africa. The only reason that Africa is not here today is because of what the city did to the community. A lot of Canadians don't know the history around that. Some people know it was a melanated community, but don't know why it's no longer there. I think it's important to remember that the terrible thing that happened, the discrimination, the displacement, but also the people of Africa had ownership and a sense of community, and that is something to celebrate. So it says there's a picture that says the inside of the Afriview Heritage Museum, which is located inside a rebuilt CV United Baptist Church in Halifax. Photo courtesy of the Afriview Museum. It is important for Canadians to learn the story of Afriview. It stands as a stark reminder that the language of human rights can sometimes be misused to support right violation. Oh yeah. We understand that the cracker is, is very demonic and tricky, so we need to be careful as a people. It shows the consequences of racism and discrimination. Last but not the least, the story of Africa teaches that we must always ensure that all voices in our communities or community are heard. Only then can all Canadians move forward. So this was a story. This story was written in part using research conducted by Mallory Richard, who worked at the museum as a researcher and project coordinator. So yeah, this is a very, is a very nice article, the story of Afriville. The story of Afriville is a story that many people don't know, even here in Canada, that when we melanated people tend to have a space for ourselves in this part of the world or in this part of the Western world or in the Western world, the invaders do not like it. And so they always find a way of trying to snatch it away from us. You can also hear about the 19 melanated families in America that bought 97 acres of land 
but the greatest mistake that those people made was to make it known to the members of public because now you have crackers angry that uh, why are African-Americans having their own place to stay? And they are fighting and backlashing at those 19 melanated families in Georgia that bought eight, nine, seven acres of land to start their own thing. That's just a problem. They shouldn't have let the mainstream media knew know about what they were doing you know that's why we have to move in very in a very black panther mode move in silence don't let your enemy know what you're doing because once they get to know they plan of a way to snatch it away from you they feel that they are the authority whereas they are not the authority because sometimes People like me, you know, that don't give a damn about them must always be ready to do what they have to do or do what you have to do to survive. So that's the thing. Anywhere people have tried to set something on their own in this demonic Western environment, this demonic system wants to come and destroy because they know that they, they understand if our people tend to have their own stuff and they are doing fine, we don't need to depend on them for any money. They know that their money starts to go low once we cut away from their matrix. And so for people of melanin, people of African origin, for you to succeed in this demonic world that we live in, you need to move in silence and in invisibility to do anything. Do not let your enemies, even the sellouts in our midst, to know what you're doing. There's a saying that you must not allow your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And that's the case. Do everything in silence. Do everything quietly. Do everything quietly to you achieve what you have to do and still do it quietly. Because the world we live in, people are angry at the progress of us, not just the crackly crack race, but the other race of people that tend to bow down and like to lick the butt of the cracker race are envious when we the melanated race tend to be more, tend to achieve way more and tend to start something different and cut away from the matrix. Okay? Which is very necessary. That's why I buy the idea of the NFAC. They practice group of economics. They move in stealth. They move in invisibility, invisible. Okay, they are very invisible when they do their stuff. They don't tell every of their plans to the Muzungu when, you know, Grandmaster J is put on the interview seat, the interview hot seat. He tells them what they need to hear. He doesn't tell them everything. And that is how we as a people need to move for us to not allow these people always twat our plans because if they know what we're doing or they know what we're thinking, they always find a way of trying to destroy it. Because these guys, 
they don't they always like to poke nose into our business and that's just it it's you know afriville was one of those towns that started and it was taken away by muzungus here in canada people always give this impression that canada is way better than the u.s in terms of race relations but i'm here to tell you that that's never the case canada is as racist as the united states of america i even call it the kkk canada okay just like call america kkk a okay they all have the kkk system in them the kkk system is a system that tends to uphold the cracker fragility values that don't make sense and tend to bite every other race's values and make their own the you know they make their own the first and everybody follows after which is a very lopsided demonic double-faced society that we live in here okay so you know this is uh this is canada where a the descendants of enslaved africans was trying to have their town like in rosewood in the u.s in tosla and you know just as we rosewood was destroyed that was how afriville was destroyed and taken away from the people had been there for like more than a hundred years or more been there since the 17 the late 1700 to the you know yeah so yeah you know halifax has a history nova scotia has a history of our people that you know ran away from america to settle in canada in halifax and they were setting their own Afriville town because they understood that you know there's no point in integrating with people that don't like you you must always de-associate yourself from those race of people that don't like you and it was necessary for them to do that anyway so they knew about it because integration of these animals does not solve anything for us any bit so i've come to the end of this live stream via anchor podcast i need anchor podcast they can't uh, give me a strike <laughs> so big shout out to those that will listen to the record after i'm done and also for those that will listen to it when i upload it on youtube because this is the method i'll be using to try and get the information across so bear with me I'm doing everything possible to make sure that this information is spread far and wide. Also, big shout out to those that keep uh, following me on TikTok. So far, we are almost getting to 1,000 subscribers. We have 915 followers on TikTok. So, yeah, we're getting there. We're spreading the we're exposing police brutality everywhere 
So if YouTube tends to block us, TikTok won't. And even though if TikTok tends to block us, we shall go on Anchor FM and do a podcast talking about it. Even though they're going to give us 30 minutes maximum, we'll still, you know, speak about it. And definitely the people will know what we're actually saying. So, once again, this is the Police Brutality Worldwide channel via Anchor Podcast. This is the officer or officer of the damn law. I'm telling you guys, have a good night, rest tight, and we shall do this once again. Peace.